Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in scatter. Oh. Scatter. Because like our, scatter? our topic is pretty scattered. Yeah. And I was just thinking Fair. of scatter, like scattershot. Does people, does people still use that word? Scatter? Like scattershot. Like it was really scattershot. Like I don't know. T- I don't, probably not. Scatterbrained. <laughs> That's, scatter that's brain the more would be better. Okay, well, we're going to go with scatter one. shot because okay. I feel like that's cooler. Scatter she yacht. <laughs> if my kids say, said that, I'd be like, you're in trouble. Right. <laughs> anyway, hi, my name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co host, Joy. And the thing that you guys should know about Joy is that, well, I guess this is. How do I not make that about me? <laughs> it's okay if you want to make it about you. Well, I didn't want to. Here's the thing about Summer, guys. <laughs> she makes everything about her. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that I was watching you this morning with Georgia, and I want people to, like, I feel like every woman who's listening right now who has gone from having a baby to a toddler can, like, really feel the stage of life, mm-hmm. like... And I'm, I was just thinking this morning, I was just like, it's going to be so fun to see you go from having a baby to a toddler and just like all that's about to happen. Yeah. Because a lot is about to happen to oh, yeah. like to you. Mm-hmm. So much of motherhood happens to you. <laughs> and so I just feel like it's going to be so fun. It's just going to be fun. And I'm just looking forward to it. And I mean, it's going to be great, and yeah. you're, you're going to do great. I yeah. know that, because I saw how you were with a tiny baby who can't walk around and yell at you, but now you're starting to have a tiny yeah. baby that can walk around and yell at you. And she just yells at me <laughs> so much. like, <laughs> And I'm loving it. Not that she yells at you, but I lo- I'm just loving seeing, I'm getting to see the transition. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun. Yeah, there's some days where I just, you know, you like pause and you're like, has there been a moment where I haven't been yelled at today? Yeah. About something? Right. I want you to hold me. Feed now me. Now I don't want you to hold me. Right. Uh-huh. A lot of times she wants me to hold her when I'm at work, um, but it's just because she right. wants to get to everything that's on my desk. Right. That's where all the fun is. <laughs> the things she's not supposed she's to have. Like, you sit there all day. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't I want to see what's going on up there? It's just going to be so great. And I'm just, I don't know. I have, you know, so... I think all of us should be in in one way or another. We should all, a lot of people are like, I'm not a kid person. Mm-hmm. And I can sympathize and also reject that with that. Right. Um, because I think in a way, um, kids are just people. Right. Um, <laughs> and you we, should, uh, yeah, I think you should like be pro to. that. Right. But I, I also understand, I think, I think what people are trying to express when they say that is just like, there's, you know, there are some people that are like genuinely built for being, you know, people go into early childhood education yeah. and, and that's really they their really thing and, it. and it's their strength. And so I get that. And so I am not that person. 
I feel like I have a harder time. I, I don't just automatically connect with kids. And I know mm -hmm. some people do. Um, I tend to be more of that yes, person. I can see I that. with kids for a really You worked time. with kids. You can automatically connect with kids. I cannot. But I feel I I feel that way with Georgia. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can connect with her. Right. Like, I feel like I'm into this. I'm curious about what you're doing. Like, you're not my kid. Right. Obviously, with your kids, it's different. Hopefully, you should, you should connect with your kids in a way you don't connect with other <laughs> yeah. people's kids. Yes. And I do that. <laughs> but with Georgia, I get it. I'm like... I, so I wouldn't say I'm a kid person. I would say I'm a Georgia person. <laughs> you're a specific <laughs> like, kid person. A specific kid person. Yeah, you're definitely your kid person. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I'm, I like my children quite a bit. You can hear her yelling. Oh, yeah. In the background. She's I yelling at Matthew now. Well, she might be yelling at me. but <laughs> She's like, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're right. I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, and I don't have a thing about you, but mm -hmm. I do have a question for you. Okay. Because of something I was thinking about. Uh-huh. I had a thought. Oh, a thinky thought. So, um, and we we have actually talked about this. We have or we haven't? But let's talk about mm -hmm. how, depending on what your favorite animals are, mm -hmm. you may have never seen one just like wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Because I've right. never seen one. My favorite animal, but in the it, wild. it just hadn't really occurred to me mm -hmm. when we were camping in Oklahoma. I got out of the tent to mm -hmm. go to the bathroom, and I heard that like sounds horrible in the grass. And so, like, I took the light and I shined it over there, just not looking me. for like eyes. Yeah, mm -mm, not but me. I didn't see any eyes. But I kept hearing like, sh -sh -sh -sh, and I was like, "What is it?" And it was an. It was an armadillo. It was a wild armadillo. No. Aren't those and things really poisonous, venomous? No. Dangerous? No. Armadillos? Yeah. I think there's a myth that they carry leprosy, but I don't think that's... Oh. I think that's like... That's a myth. Yeah. I thought they had a thing. I don't... Okay. I don't think I'm so. Wrong. Okay. Um, Ew. But I love armadillos. How They're big was it? They're one of my favorites. Um, it was probably like the size of a cat. Ah, oh, that sounds horrible. And it just <laughs> no. It was like rooting around <laughs> no. And then it it appeared, and I was, I just it, I've seen armadillos before. Yeah, no, not wild. That well, and I've seen armadillos mm. as roadkill, which oh, is not preferable. I a preferable haven't. way to see your favorite animals no. in the wild. Mm -mm. But it, I got so excited. I called Matthew out of the tent, and we chased it for a little while. Yeah, great. But that's. But that's yeah, a I mean, story. It <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it's so awesome. I'm trying to see how great it is, but mostly I just already want to leave Oklahoma, <laughs> and I'm in Arizona, <laughs> and I want to leave Oklahoma right now. But it like hit me. I was so excited to see it, and I yeah. was like, "Well, yeah." Most of the time, if you have an animal you really like, unless yeah. your favorite animal is a dog, right, or a cat, or something, yeah, like that, or, or a, a pigeon, fish or something, yeah, pigeon. <laughs> go back what to what kind of people? Go back to the prison system, please. If that's your favorite animal. <laughs> it, it, my first instinct when you said that was to like look up on Facebook to see if there are any pigeon groups. <laughs> Maybe there I probably bet there are. are because there's a there's, group for everything. There's there's like carrier pigeons, so I wonder yeah. if people. I bet there are there is a pi there sport? are pigeon people out there. There's someone with a pigeon T-shirt. I don't to all the pigeon people. <laughs> I don't understand you. It could be a way, you know. But I'm happy that your favorite animal is so. It's abundant. exclusive. People want to be a part of something. 
And so can you imagine like, you if like someone... pigeons? I like pigeons. We're going to unite over our pigeon We're like on the plane to Paris. Someone's <laughs> like, oh, so you're here to see the Eiffel Tower. No, no I'm here for the, the pigeons. pigeons. <laughs> I've heard there are a lot what of What if you were here. stuck on an airplane with just pigeon people because they were all going on like a pigeon tour? <laughs> Wouldn't that be horrible? What did pigeon people eat? I don't know. <laughs> what are they up to, all the pigeon people? Are they clean? We should go undercover <laughs> into a pigeon group. We'll let you guys know. Yeah. We'll, we'll report back. We'll find, we'll find out from our secret pigeon or, undercover operation. Um, if you're a pigeon person. <laughs> Please contact us. Yeah. 470-465-0475. That's our voicemail number. Let me know. Just start like right off the bat in your in your voicemail yeah. so that we don't miss it by any chance. <laughs> don't Just be like, it. I'm a pigeon person. I'm a person. pigeon person. And then you can continue then with the regular with parts. Whatever your, you wanted yeah. to say, mm-hmm. honestly. But I definitely need to know more about this pigeon community. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um this is a great this is a great segue for me <laughs> to talk about the book club community. <laughs> oh, okay. Because so this week on Wednesday, um, so we will be finishing A Typical Woman. We're reading the last chapter. And the author, Abigail Dodds, is going to join us during <gasps> book club. Yay. Yes. So we're super excited. Everyone in the book club is going to get to ask her questions. And we're going to have a chat about the book. And um, I wanted to announce the next book that we're doing. Because we're just going to keep going. Um, I don't even know what you guys... I know. So here's the funny thing is what I was going to do is today, Monday, I was going to post um, like a question of like, hey, who wants to, I don't know, who wants to come vote on what book we should read? Oh, okay. Um, And I had a list of books that I was thinking would be great options. And so then I told all this, I was doing book club on Wednesday to all the ladies. I was like, you know, I'm going to throw out some options or whatever. Then I started talking to them about about a book that I am reading right now and how life-changing it's been. Um, And I was like just gushing about how amazing this book is and how it's changing, how I'm looking at life and everything. And (laughs) they were like, "Um, so Summer, that's what we should that's read. The <laughs> that's the book. And they were like, like everyone was so warm to it that right. I was like, yeah, let's do it. No need for a poll. <laughs> Here we are. Um, so I'm super excited. We are going to be reading my book called God's Battle Plan for the Mind by David Saxton. Um, and this book is just all about now. I'm only so many chapters in because like I said, I was telling people about the book because I was reading it. Um, but it is really great. Um, on the back, it, it has a little endorsement um, from John MacArthur. Um, and it's all about biblical meditation and what we think about and how it affects our lives and how God has a plan for your mind that um, cool. I just really feel like I have not intensely thought about and I feel like at this time when the it I think a lot of us feel like everything's falling apart around us um I think now more than ever is a time to just really be uh meditating right on the word and, and it like, tends to be really our last instinct it's like right if something crazy is happening yes like let's get on twitter and see yes. what's going on or and we're just putting all kinds of garbage in our minds. And then we're like, why do we have so much anxiety? <laughs> it's right. Like, well, yeah. um, 
So, and it is about um, specifically the Puritan practice of biblical meditation. So the Puritans who would be like our, you know, forefathers in the faith, Mm -hmm. right? Like they had all kinds of things that were regular spiritual disciplines that they did that we have totally lost. And I think fasting and meditation are two of those that like I've grown up in the church and it's just not something that, um, I've seen widely practiced and it's just something I wanted to read more about. And so anyway, um, and then actually someone on Twitter was like, I was tweeting like as I was, I was like live tweeting as I was reading it. Cause that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, someone was like, Oh, that's my pastor. He's really great. Um, so apparently the, oh, cool. the author is a faithful pastor. Um, a lot of people that I really trust have endorsed the book and I've read, uh, a third of it and I've loved it. So join us. We're going to start. Oh, let me pull up the date. So if you're listening to this and you've been wanting to join book club, we are going to start reading God's battle plan for the mind by David Saxton on July 22nd, July 22nd. Um, so that gives you a couple weeks to buy the book and to hop on Patreon. We do this at patreon.com slash sheologians and yeah, that's all I have for the book and the community book club's been great this year. So so crazy that it's almost you just said July 22nd. I did. That means summer's halfway over at that point. I know. Also, just so you know, I did just look up pigeon groups. And <laughs> no, one of them are you, is called no. For the Love of Pigeons and Doves. And just so you know, rule number six is no mention of killing and eating birds. <laughs> I have to know who these people are. I know. I have to know. It's a private group, so I can. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Home Alone 2, the lady in the oh, park. Oh, she's in there. She's mm-hmm. totally she's a part this of this group. Yep. Uh, she was really nice, though. She was, so... she was one of the heroes of the story. Yeah. Um, I also have good news that I haven't told you yet. Well, maybe you know. I don't know if you know, Joy. You know, do you remember when we first started recording and people would see us and they'd be like, where's Summer? Like they'd see you and be like, hey, where's Summer? Oh, yeah. And like people would see me and they'd be like, hey, where's Joy? And I'm well, like. Well, and then you moved. Well, I don't. And we kind of lost that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But do you remember but that? But now that we're back in the same place, I maybe know. that'll start happening again. But I was just thinking, um, I, I kind of do this thing with you and Eric where I feel like if I've told one of you something, I've told both of you something. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Right. <laughs> and it actually doesn't work that way because yep. you don't share a brain. <laughs> but sometimes, like, I'll be talking with Eric about something and he'll act like he's never heard me talk about this before. And then I realize, like, oh, <laughs> that's because I genuinely have only <laughs> talked to Joy about this. <laughs> but anyway, all of that to say. So what you're saying is Eric and I need to communicate more. I need you and I to communicate more. I need you guys you to keep each like other posted. The, the notes Just like the notes the from the day, please. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything will be fine. Um, but we have new I, we have new stuff in the shop as of today, Monday. Mm. Um, so if you go over to shopsheologians.com, there's some new arrivals. There's actually a new arrivals section. Um, and the one that I'm really excited about is a really cute shirt that says, get over yourself. Ooh, yay. <laughs> and it's really great. And um, I'm going to get, I decided that. Did you um, finally decide? I am going to tie dye the Sheologian shirt that I get. Oh, that's going to be cute. Um, we uh-huh. tie dyed when I, I can see Oklahoma, you're wearing tie dye uh, right now. I already have, like I have some tie dyed shirts. Yeah. And I told Matthew this morning that I think I might want just like like a Sunday through Saturday. 
a tie dye. Like I want that available to you me. You want a tie dye wardrobe? If I want to have, is that a what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I want to have a tie dye, like at we... any point you could have tie dye on. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm deciding that's well, my thing. Not a lot of 31 year olds get to pick thing. a thing. That is my thing. You know, like when you're 16 and you're like, "This is gonna be my thing now." Yeah. You stop doing that at a certain point. Like, why do we stop doing that? Why can't we have a thing? I haven't stopped doing that really. Oh, good. I feel like um, brightly colored vans are one of my things. Okay. So I have my taco vans on. Yeah. Um, I have bright pink vans. I used to have a lot, uh, definitely That's more of like a quirky shoe collection. A quirky. But now okay. all I wear is Birkenstocks. So yeah. Every time I think I'm gonna buy a pair of shoes, Doesn't I'm just out. like, meh, <laughs> meh, may as well not. <laughs> There's some socks I, on in the winter. I and... feel that. <laughs> I really feel that. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's our store update. Um, so go ahead and head on over there. If you want to support Shaylogians, then the store is one way to do it. And we will never, ever bother you with advertisements. You're welcome, but you have to buy a shirt. Okay. So <laughs> what else do you need to tell them? Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And that's it. So today uh, we're doing something we haven't done in a while. I don't, I don't feel like I've ever really approached this the way that I'm trying to approach it today um so we've done like uh, a couple of mailbag episodes where like you guys have sent in questions yeah. and we've answered them um what i wanted to do today is i have kind of been keeping some of your voicemails and messages where you have questions that um they require like more than a paragraph of me typing a quick response but they're also not like an entire episode of okay. content right um, and you know what? You guys send in really good questions. You guys send up follow-up questions. You guys call us and leave us really thoughtful voicemails. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be a creeper and just, like, call you back because I have your phone number now. <laughs> I feel like that would be weird. Um, but so I have been kind of putting together, like, oh, hey, that's a really great question. Maybe we can answer this in a thoughtful way in the future. So we're just going to do that today. And Joy has no idea. I have not shown her the questions that, that I compiled. True. So we're just going to um we're just going to go through as many as we can until we reach episode length and we'll save the ones that we haven't gotten to for another time. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here's the first one. Some of these are going to be quicker than others. So um this I think this was a message, not a voicemail. Just saw the news about Rachel Hollis getting a divorce. Was just wondering if you plan on discussing it in a future podcast. I know I'm a dude, but I really enjoy it. I know it. this person knows that he's a dude. Good. Oh, and I want to say not everyone these days knows. <laughs> I want to say really quickly that um, because none of you have explicitly been like, "Hey, say my name and give me a shout out and attribute this question to me on the podcast," I'm going to keep you all anonymous. Right. Um, but for the future, like if you leave a voicemail and you want it to be interacted with, like let me know because right. I don't want to like make you feel unimportant. But also, I have no idea if you want thousands of people to know that you asked this question. So for today, right. I'm just going to keep you all anonymous to respect your privacy anyway this person knows he's a dude because he said i know i'm a dude (laughs) but i really enjoy your discussion and discernment when it comes to biblical issues keep up the great work okay so the question was are we going to address rachel hollis getting a divorce no no I think, no, no, we won't be addressing that. I think maybe what he's getting at and the reason why I bother to bring this question up is just that um, 
I think it I think we're all noticing a big kind of avalanche of popular Christian figures that are just more and more leaving the faith. Right. So today, you know, um, right now it's Friday. Uh, so you guys are hearing this on Monday or whenever you listen. I don't know. I don't care. Um, Jen Hatmaker's daughter, granddaughter right. just came out that she's gay. And this has obviously influenced her theological position. And then, you know, you had Rhett and Link and, and Joshua Harrison. Right. And now you've got um, Rachel Hollis and her husband celebrating something that God hates. And so I think, I think the question here is more of like, are we going to address this? Like just what feels like an avalanche of popular Christians just right. like falling Staying off. By. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially with divorce. I don't know. I guess I get why she would, make a thing out of it because mm-hmm. obviously she's a public figure so there's always that weird line of like what do other people know need to right. know and what do people not need to know and right. all that stuff um i mean i don't know i honestly don't know the ins and outs of why right. they're getting divorced so i don't think any that's of kind us of do. my position on it right um I, I think yeah like you said the question speaks more to this thing that's happening. Doesn't it, like, isn't it interesting mm-hmm. that people who have struggled with theology are kind of struggling? Yeah. They're kind of waffling, rather. Like, right. someone who wrote a book about relationships is now... Getting a divorce. Right. Right. And, um... I just... Yeah, I mean, it does, I'm not going to say, like, make sense or anything <laughs> because it's right. awful. Right. Um, I just think, I think that um the you don't ever want to use someone's divorce to score points and right. so we would never there's nothing there for us to address like yes they did this very publicly um yes i i reviewed girl wash your face in a four part series um last year but my conclusion was that this wasn't a christian book and it wasn't written by a christian woman and i think that the only thing um, that we can say is, you know, let's pray for them. And with any of these public figures that fall, you know, we need to be able to, I think, see these things coming. When somebody is giving an explicitly, not see her divorce coming, but falling away from the faith coming. Right. Um, when you see somebody who is explicitly giving an anti-Christian message, you need to be the kind of Christian that doesn't fall for it. Um, And really the only way that you can be that kind of Christian is if you're in the word. So St. Page Summer, join us. Um, Join the Bible reading (laughs) challenge, be in the word. I mean, I don't care what, (laughs) I don't care what reading schedule you choose, although I like ours and I think it's great. Um, But yeah, those are my only thoughts on it. So that's all I have with that. Yeah. Okay. do do do. Hi there. I tried searching for this topic on your website, but couldn't find exactly what I was looking for. I'm wondering if you've done any episodes that details exactly what it looks like. Woo! But like, exactly was in all caps. So, here, are you ready for this? Exactly what it looks like, or should look like, for a woman to submit to her husband, especially in a modern day relationship. Obviously, a wife is to submit to her husband as the head of the household and as the biblical authority, but I'd like some firmer details on how submission pertains to the more mundane workings of a marriage and of a family. So I thought that was a great question. 
Um, I would love if these kinds of questions, I don't mind answering the question or talking about it. And I think we can be helpful, but I would first hope that there's really like a Titus two kind of older woman in your church or in your life who has, you know, been married for a long time and can give you some. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like I think summer is pretty cool. (laughs) We hang out all the time, but it's going to be infinitely more helpful. Like if you actually have someone that's, geographically close to you that can yeah. regularly counsel you yes they can keep you accountable if you yeah. need it you know so we're not like turning in our resignation papers but <laughs> but you know this th- these kinds of questions are exactly what what the older christian women in your church are for right like this is a great question right. to ask them and, and i think that it's a great question for us to discuss Um, But it's also something that I just genuinely hope if you're listening to this and you really want details, like let's say you have a specific situation where you're like, I don't know how to submit to my husband in this. Like I really am hopeful that there's someone in the church that you can, like an older, wiser woman in the church that you can talk to. Because we can tell you what we think. Right. When it comes to the actual application in your life, you're like, we're not going to be as helpful as you. Right. But I think that, um, so it's just some basic principles here. I think um, that uh, we are to submit to our husbands out of a love for the Lord. So you need to remember that your submission to your husband is something, is a service that you're rendering like unto God. Like that um, even if you don't think that your husband's decisions are super great or they're the ones that you would make um if it's not sin then you should be submitting to those things out of you know a fear and a reverence for christ and out of a, a desire to look like him and honor him um and so there is a level of obedience that is required here from from christian women mm-hmm. um obviously if your husband is um a believer and also loves the lord this is going to be so much easier to do and this is going to be a so much more pleasant uh outworking in the details um and if your husband does not love the lord then that is a i'm sure a burden um Mm -hmm. in some ways that is really difficult um but if your husband's not asking you to sin you know then um you still are required to submit obviously you never submit to your husband and sin in that um that does not honor the lord um, so I would say, you know, it sounds like she's looking for specific examples. Um, and a lot of times in discussions I'm seeing recently, um, what there's a discussion of, uh, the egalitarian women, I feel like want to bring up a lot of discussion around like, well, you know, submission, everybody's supposed to submit to each other and they kind of throw down the the hierarchy that God has set up in the church and the family and, um, in all kinds of ways out of this like really perverted idea of equality that you just cannot biblically support. Mm-hmm. But, um, sometimes what it comes down to is like, well, you know, submission just means that the husband is like the tiebreaker. Like if there's, if there, if no one can compromise, you know, you, he's the tiebreaker, just go along with that. But right. I, I think it's actually more than that. I think that, right. um, you know, not that your husband, um, is just the kind of person where like his authority only goes in so far as 
well, someone has to make the final decision. And since right. we can't agree, his vote is worth more. Right. <laughs> yeah. something, you know, like right. that is a really, I think, anemic and weird way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, like as your husband's helper, like there's a mission that, that God has called him to, whatever it is, that you are supposed to be helping him in and supporting him in. And so... Right. um you know, in our house, something just, <laughs> I guess, maybe if I want to get personal, um, something that I can think of is like, you want, I want my husband, he he doesn't care really about how the house is decorated, mm-hmm. right? So like, he has preferences and he has opinions, but like, he's a dude. Right. Um, he respects that um, I run the house and that I'm a woman and I care about these things more and I have a a more feminine taste than he does. And so for him, he's like, you know, there are some things that some ways of decorating that I know would drive him insane. Like it would drive him insane. Would he stop me from doing it? Probably not. Right. Because he loves me and he wants me to, he wants me to run the house. Right. He's, he doesn't want to do that. Um, He's leading the house, but the day-to-day details are mine. Right. Um, and so I think I'm. what I try to do is I I know, like, that if something was really going to drive him nuts, I, I want to keep it in mind. Like, I want to care right. about his opinion, even if he's not... He's not trying to be a tiebreaker in this. Right. He's not like, well, you cannot use this color right. and you cannot use well, this texture. you know texture. that he would probably prefer to not have like a yellow couch <laughs> mm-hmm. he would probably just prefer to have like a nice sure couch yeah. that's yeah. comfortable we don't that have the, the whole family fits on that's right that's what he cares about so despite maybe the furthest reaches of <laughs> your aesthetics yeah you, you're not going to just no like put a bunch of pictures of i'm gonna do the best i can up but i also just want to respect that he i don't ever want to push him to the point where he has to be like okay I'm going to be the tiebreaker now, right. Summer, and you have to, you know what I mean? Like, submission, and yeah, there is a way in which, you know, you have that verse in Ephesians about submitting to each other out of love for each other. There is a way in which, like, your husbands have a huge calling in in coming and dying to themselves right? Um, in your marriage. So right. I can say that my husband faithfully is willing to die to his preferences and all kinds of yeah. things for my sake. And um, which means he's not a tiebreaker. It means he's like actually more on your side. Right. Which I which is kind of I guess that's my answer to the to the question is that there's not a lot of mundane things that should require uncomfortable submission. What do you mean by that? Like every person who I've talked to that's been married for a really long time is like there are going to be few moments in this life where your husband is going to look at you and go, this is the way it is. Right. And you're not going to <laughs> right. like it. Right. Like, right. That's like not going to, if that's an everyday experience, like something intense. Right. Is Either going someone on. is, yeah. Then the, the dynamic is off, I guess. The yeah. roles are off in some way. And I'm not yeah. going to say like, mm-hmm. if it's the husband or the, right. I don't know you. If you're hearing <laughs> this, I don't know you. So I'm not specifically right. talking to you. Right. But um, I think that, um, it should be fairly easy if you are, um, you know, in intimacy with God 
aware of what your duty is, mm-hmm. loving your spouse, mm-hmm. it should be pretty easy to not um, hate mm-hmm. the decisions they're making. Yeah. Um, it, you both, what I'm saying is you should be looking for ways to honor and respect your husband in in any way that you can, just as your husband should be looking for ways to honor and love you in whatever way that he can. And this is going to involve both of you putting down your preferences and being thoughtful and being considerate. But obviously, you know, women, I am to uh, submit to my husband in a way that he is not supposed to submit to me. And so, yes, there is a different dynamic there um, specifically for women. But of course, he's supposed to um, love me and sacrifice for me in a way that is different than me for him, you know? Right. So, so, um, I think a lot of people want to flatten the categories and be like, oh, well, you know, as long as you're both just loving each other and it's like, well, okay, maybe in a sense what you're getting at is true depending on how you're using the word, but there is a way that I am to, uh, obey and respect him that, uh, he does not owe to me. Right. Um, and I do not desire him to right. <laughs> either. No. I don't desire him to do that. Um, I do need him and desire for him to love me and to be self-sacrificial and to lay mm-hmm. his life down. And I think I saw this quote the other day, something about like, um, and I think it was someone who people always ad- accuse of like being a woman hater. Um, I, c- I think it was Douglas Wilson. I could be wrong. That said like, um, every time like a man walks down the aisle oh, to yeah. get married, like he should know, like he's stepping into like his grave, like right. he's dying right now to himself entirely. Right. He's giving up his life. Right. And that is a huge calling. Right. Um, and I just think that, um, so if you don't want to flatten that category, <laughs> you can't flatten the submission one either. Right. Yeah. And my point isn't, I, I hope that my statement didn't seem as though like oh if everyone's just getting along and is understanding (laughs) right no it didn't um but yeah i mean there's all uh, in terms of specific stuff there's not i mean there's not really it's all going to be different for marriage but if i would say in everyday mundane things if there's something your husband has asked you not to do or if there is a precedent that he's set for your family yeah that don't do those things you know don't do the stuff that he (laughs) like i mean even if like i think it even goes um you know uh matthew and i learning we're kind of working through like being like a financially like are passing down a good financial situation to uh our family and so matthew has like picked a precedent for how our family is going to handle money and that means that like it means if your husband has been like, hey, right, we're not, this is our, like, we're going to have a budget and this is our budget. Mm-hmm. It, that means like, you Do can't it. go to Starbucks if <laughs> it's outside of your budget. Right. And I know for some people, that's not that hard of a thing to deal with. For some people, it's like, oh, well, I, yeah, you know, like, oh, I've been, it's yeah, my money too, especially, you know, right. And like, well, this and this, and right. it's just $3, like, it's not going to hurt. And it's like, well, no, that's a very, if you're looking for mundane examples, I, and that's the thing, I, I don't want to overcomplicate submission. Right. If your husband says, like, I don't want you to do this today. Right. Don't do it. Right. And I know that seems obvious, but maybe check. 
yourself yeah on it might how not much seem you're that doing obvious. that i think we're full of excuses and i think that if you have a godly husband who um is seeking to serve christ and love you and he gives you a very simple directive that you are actually you are completely safe in following that right and obviously, I think this is where a lot of women are going to be like, mm-hmm. well, what about in abuse situations? And da, da, da. And it, we're not talking, like, did you hear what I'm saying? What I'm saying is if you have a godly husband right. who loves you and is trying to serve Christ in the way that he leads his household, what he's asking you to do is probably not sinful. Like, it might be well, for your best. And if, and if he's being nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Or con- not controlling. Controlling is not the word, but the Holy Spirit will convict him yeah. of that. Right. Um, his calling mm-hmm. is one that's also built in intimacy mm-hmm. with God, <laughs> and right. um, and there, and you know, of course, there's times when you can speak up and you can say like, "Hey, you know, right." It's not submission isn't like I think godly husbands never communicating. Want, godly husbands want to hear from their wives right. and and respect their wives and um want to serve their wives and so I think godly husbands are looking they do want feedback. They right. do want to hear from their wives and they do want you know there to be a a mutual understanding mm-hmm. here. And so well or sometimes another thing that uh I think women will do is they'll ask their husband a question he'll give them feedback and really them asking the question it just has like revealed what they their opinion already is yeah and so their husband's like well this is how i feel about it right well we all do this all (laughs) genders do this the two of them when i say all i mean the two (laughs) both Um, both genders but yeah, where you kind of like, you ask a question, but you already know how you feel about it. And then yeah. the other person says the opposite. And so then you're like, well, but, uh, mm, you know. Right. Um, I think it's not, it's not, for as much as we mess it up, it's not terribly complicated. No. If your husband tells you, asks you to do something or asks yeah. you not to do something. Is if it's not sin, you should do it right. or not do it, right? And seek to, <laughs> seek to honor him in that. Like right. it's very simple, right? That's it. The end. We're mo- we're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Next. Next. Okay. Um. So someone really sweet called and left a voicemail, and she said she really wants us to do a give advice to our younger selves episode. Um, and I think her desire was just like, if you could tell yourself anything, you know, so we're 31, you know, what would you, what advice would you give to yourself at 21 or to just, you know, women who are 21? Um, I appreciate the question because I genuinely, you know, when I was in my twenties, I really wanted to learn from women in their thirties and forties and up, um, And so it's funny now because I do have some more experience. Of course, I just, I am not the older, wiser woman yet. I understand that I'm older and wiser than some women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so truly, you know, women in their teens and 20s are the only women I'm older and (laughs) hopefully wiser than. Um, And so uh, it is funny being asked that question. But I love the question because I already think that she's on the right track. Um of valuing the wisdom of your sisters who are older than you um, and, and wanting that. So I, I feel that. Um, And I haven't really thought this through a ton yet. I don't know if it's an entire episode. That's why I wanted to bring it up here, but I think I would just, if I could give advice to my younger self, it would just to be, it would be to 
be in the word more um and to really make that a priority um you know i feel that because i grew up in the church there are ways in which as a younger christian i took the word um for granted uh just assumed that i knew it and um now that i've been for a while now in the practice of being in the word more regularly um daily uh I feel like it's just something that I wish I had done before. And so if you're in your 20s, if you're a teenager, like, don't wait. Don't be that person that's like, oh, I have the whole rest of my life to read the Bible. Imagine imagine how how much wisdom you could have if for the next 30 years you're in the Bible every day. You know, Um, don't waste don't waste your time because, uh, you know, you're not always going to have that opportunity. Like one day you're not going to have 30 years left to be in the word, you know, and that, that could be you. That could have been you yesterday for all, you know, you don't know. So that's the advice I would give. And it's not, um, it's not silly. It's not cute or precious. It's not a good suggestion. I think it's, um, something that we need to be desperate to do. Right. Um, and to take more seriously. Yeah. Um, mine, I guess, would be to, and this might be an episode in and of itself, but, um, mine would be to confront, uh, vanity. Um, Mm. and people tend to, I think this is where we need to correct our thinking a little bit on what vanity is. Uh, what I mean by vanity is, of course, your classic definition, your, what do I look like? What do people think of me? That kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but vanity is very much, I think especially in my teens, I very much uh, like put myself in the center of everything in terms of like, well, like I'm super shy because I think everybody hates me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And what I was doing in mm-hmm. that moment, and mm-hmm. our culture really glorifies this quite a bit. Just Yeah. Um, 100. And there is something, uh, yeah, there's something popular about being sort of like misunderstood and sad and the victim mentality is cynical and that kind of thing. Um, But what I did was I'm like, I made myself the center of the universe yeah um because i cared about how people saw me and what i looked like and what mm-hmm. how i looked not just physically but how i looked to other people did i look stupid did i right did i and do they think i'm smart and cool and classy right. and whatever right and yeah. when you are constantly worried about that you get into this this headspace where you um all you're thinking about is you in regard to uh-huh. your relationships and yeah how people don't like you and everything that's either everything that's right with you or everything that's wrong with you <laughs> right um and i just i mean obviously it might sound like what i'm saying is i would tell myself that it's not all about me and i would say that to myself but i specifically would want to use the word vanity right because it really I made it so much more important than it was. Yeah. It was so, everything that I was so worried about, 
uh, when, uh, in regards to other people's perceptions of me and stuff was so superficial. Yeah. Um, and I spent a lot of time idolizing that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, especially teenage girls, yeah, spend a lot of time idolizing that. So it's... How do I look to my friends, to right. boys, to cool people, to mm-hmm. whoever, like, mm-hmm. you know? I think we all have an innate incredible ability to make every situation about us right um which is it's funny that that was your answer because (laughs) now i have to read you this question okay uh it's not the same but it your answer is related okay so we might as well just jump on in here we go it's hilariously phrased it seems you enjoy aren't legalistic when it comes to appearance and joy used to have blue hair and you both have tattoos. I personally don't see anything wrong with dyed hair, and I would love mine dyed blue. But when I asked my parents about it, they wanted me to ask reform people and do research. So, what are your thoughts on unnatural colors? And do you have any resources on this topic? So, I will start by saying you need to do whatever your parents say. Right. <laughs> you know, depending your... on like how old you are. Depend- yeah. But if, or I rather, I should say, like, I would even go to say if you're like living in their house, even yeah. if you're 21 and you still you need live, to honor like, your parents. I think it's okay to just let's just say you need to honor your parents and that things may well go well with you in the land. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that that's my first thought when I read this. Um, my second thought is a lot of the Christian arguments against tattoos are um, hermeneutically very weak and there's a lot of really great resources on that maybe i'll link to one on the page but i am just can i be honest i am not interested in this i'm not interested in winning on this topic like i'm not i'm not interested at all if there's if there's another christian who thinks that tattoos are sinful of course if they came to me personally with it and were like you know you're in sin you have tattoos Um, then I would be willing to have that discussion and explain to them why I have tattoos. But like, if my brother or sister thinks tattoos are sinful, I just, I'm going to be honest, I don't really care. And I don't really care to change their mind. And I don't want there to be anything between us. But like, I just feel like there's a certain level of mind your own business here. Um, where again, it would be different if somebody was coming to me out of love for me who really believed I was in sin, I would deal with that differently. Just so um, you know, most of you out there who it's not your business, you think you, you're coming in love. Yeah. <laughs> but what we mean by mind your own business is like, really, if it's not, if you don't know the person and you may think that you genuinely care, but just, yeah, maybe if you don't know them at all, if you yeah. don't, if someone, don't if someone's, if someone's getting a profane tattoo and they have a profession of faith, Certainly. that's something else. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, I feel like a lot of this part of the reason why we don't really talk about this is just because a lot of this needs to be dealt with in house and it needs yeah. to be a um, person to person conversation. I don't know if I can be helpful. Do I believe that, um, the passages in Deuteronomy regarding cutting your skin, do I believe those have anything to do with the tattoos I have? No, I don't. And I have all kinds of great reasons why I don't believe that. Right. Um, but I don't feel the need to defend 
the fact that I have a tattoo. And I also think, you know, we just need to realize that a lot of people get tattoos and then they become Christians and maybe mind your own business. You know, maybe they, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't need to see, you don't need to go around judging Christians and their tattoos. And I I just don't think it's going to be helpful at the end of the day. Right. Um, Um, And certainly, yeah, you don't need to be getting tattoos if a person who is in, who is your head is telling you not to. And again, big thing you can't afford them <laughs> oh yeah that's good. um mm-hmm. you will get when you're young you will i mean i don't know i just don't yeah <laughs> i have plenty i don't it's weird because uh i don't think of myself as like a very tattooed person but i am but you are <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think of it because i've had them for a long time right They're kind of a part of just your me. everyday life yeah. yeah so i think that's part of yeah. why I'm not really interested in approaching it because I like if you, if you don't know me and you don't think I'm saved then because of my outward appearances sure um then I don't yeah but I I mean I think that there I don't think everybody has to get one um and I just you care. should just it just right like I don't even know that it takes a this like uh coaching or Get one yeah. if you this and this. Get one if it's meaningful. Get one if it's yeah. I, I just don't, don't care. About I, yeah, them. I'm just I I feel like again there's spheres of sovereignty that I'm very invested in, um, right. not overstepping. So like if your husband or your parents are like, no, I don't want you to do that, then I don't think you should do that, and I definitely don't want to give you a biblical argument why you should be able to do that. Cause at the end of the day, you already have the biblical argument for why you shouldn't. <laughs> um, right. and so, you know, I'm just not invested in, um, in that. And again, when it comes to like the color that you dye your hair, I really truly don't believe that that's any of my business. And right. it's just one of those things where I know a lot of people have really strong feelings about it. And, um, I don't. I think it's your duty to obey God, oh, respect the authority in your life, and to um, dress modestly in a way that brings honor to the Lord. And it is not my job to tell you exactly how that works out. There That's you go. It. Okay. Sounds good. So, um, is there room? Is there any room? So somebody listened to our Do Not Love, Love the Things of This World episode where we talked about riots and stuff, and they had a follow-up question uh, that they very kindly admitted might have absolutely nothing to do with what we actually said okay. <laughs> in the episode. But Fair enough. I thought it was a, I thought this is a great opportunity to give a, maybe a clarification that might be helpful or needed. Hi, JoJo. She's like, so um, okay, so this person called and asked, is there any room to listen to people of color who have serious like pain about division in the church? Is there room for a conversation about that? So I think they're asking about the fact that we said in that episode that, um, you know, the voices that we should be listening to is the voice of scripture, um, the Holy Spirit, uh, wisdom, um, you know, and whoever's voice is giving the wisdom, uh, and it doesn't actually matter what color their skin is. So I think, um, you know, we were talking about the very kind of popular teaching right now that we just, you know, if you're white, you need to shut up and listen um, to anybody who has a different skin color than you. And so 
obviously you and I would say um, that no, we don't shut up and listen based on the color of our skin. Like that's not something you can find in scripture. Um, Of course, if you're asking like, well, should I uh, listen to a person of color? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a genuine like love and respect that you're supposed to show to all people. Right. That doesn't mean that if someone comes to me with some like, I, I have to listen to every single person based on the color of their skin. Like I just reject that idea. Um, I think that all the, that we are told over and over in scripture. And I, I brought those verses with me about the, the voice that we're supposed to listen to, which is ultimately the voice of God, which is given us to us through scripture and through the pulpit and through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we should be listening to. Of course, there's room. I guess the, if the question is like, is there room for conversation? Like, well, of course we should be having conversations. But what I, I don't believe that what is being called for right now in the shut up and listen if you're white is a conversation. It's a right. it's a monologue um, where we are being told that we have to respect whatever someone says based on the color of their skin. And I just, there's no biblical basis for that. Right. That's not a, that's not a conversation. <laughs> the AC just turned on. Yeah, it did. It Why? just turned on really loud. Sorry, you guys. It must be a hot day. Yeah. Hey, can you um turn the AC up a little bit? Sorry. So it clicks off. <laughs> the air feels good. Carmen will thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're they're controlling the the issue there is that when you tell someone they can't talk you're, you're um it's not the conversation that we have an issue with uh it's the controlling of a, the response so when you tell someone like you don't have anything to say in this conversation mm-hmm. what you're saying is you don't have a response in this conversation because mm-hmm. they're already talking so like right. you said like it's a monologue. It's a monologue. Yeah. Um, so if someone is monologuing and not allowing you to talk, that means they're attempting to control. Yeah. Um, and this is not the only time we do this. We don't no. just do this with race. We no. don't just do this with gender. We yeah. do this all the time. You've done it. You that are listening right now, you've done it. Right. You have asked your friend or commiserated with your friend or talked with your friend about something. And then you have attempted to not want to hear what they their have to response. Say. Yeah, because you're you feel right in your feelings. Right. Your feelings were hurt. So no matter what this person says, it doesn't matter because your feelings were hurt right. and therefore they're wrong, right. which elevates feelings to a level that they're never meant to be elevated to and that Christians cannot responsibly right. do. Yeah. So when, like if is a Christian someone says, "Would you like to enter a enter into a conversation?" where I can say whatever I want and you can't say anything. <laughs> Our response should really be no. No, that's fool that's, that's foolishness. Foolish. Yeah. That is the the definition yeah. of fool. Yeah. Um you and so of course there's room for conversations, but yeah. the conversation is not what we're really talking about. No. Um so yeah, there's plenty of and that's how you should you should approach all conversations like that. You should a, a Christian it really is a Christian's job to respond faithfully. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really difficult when conversations are framed this way um, to respond faithfully. So I'm, I'm sympathetic to the question because, of course, essentially this the way this this whole you need to just listen and there's pain and whatever the, the victim narrative, um, you need to recognize it for what it is. And of course, it's hard to respond to because when you put it 
when you put it this way, when you frame the conversation this way, what you're automatically doing is you're putting someone in the situation of saying, no, I'm not going to listen. Well, someone right. who's not going to listen isn't rational and isn't reasonable, right. right? But here's the thing. They're not asking you to listen. They're asking you to shut up and do what they right. say. Yeah. This isn't about listening. This isn't about opening up dialogue. And and what that ends up doing is it, it ends up harming the people who actually do want to have conversation right. and dialogue. And then now it creates all this distrust because now we have to weed through, well, is this person genuine or is this person, you know, one of the liars who just wants uh, all white people to shut up? You know what right. I mean? So it, it actually, it harms everyone all around because a lot of genuine people want to have genuine conversations about race. Right. And of course, I don't believe in race, um, about, you know, ethnicity, um, to be more precise, but it, it's just a very... The reason why I, I'm saying don't yield to the, you don't yield to it is because you're allowing them to frame the conversation in such a way that you have already um, harmed and created division uh, towards anyone who actually wants to move this forward. Right. So that's why I would say, yes, the question isn't really, well, should we listen at all? Well, we know what we should listen to. We know how we should behave. We know how we should conduct ourselves. It is not in line with this um, white fragility thinking. Right. So just let that go. Yeah. You're allowed to respond. Yes. Like if someone was, if someone is saying, would you like to have a conversation? <laughs> and you say yes. And they go, oh, there is no God. <laughs> right. Like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, you can't respond person, to that. No, I'm a person of color and I have pain and my God is a black trans woman. Right. Which is something that I've actually seen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to shut up and listen to that. You I understand you respond like a Christian. It's yeah. not about, it's not about like, I get to respond because I deserve it. Right. We're, we're told to mm -hmm. respond as a Christian would respond. Yeah. Be an ambassador and being an ambassador. There's no such thing as an ambassador who just sits silently by. That's right. not what an ambassador right. for Christ does. All right. We'll do one more question. And then I have some bad voicemail transcriptions for you. Oh, yay. Um, what do you think about men listening to your podcast? Babe, cover your ears. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, she was talking to her husband, not yeah. me. <laughs> Yeah. Just FYI. I don't usually call summer babe. Um, it doesn't really cross my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm not preaching or attempting to take the place of anyone's sure. yeah. pastor or... Yeah. I think it was asked because... Because obviously we're speaking to women. Right. And um, here's the thing is that I would never tell a guy who's listening to this show, like, no, you can't listen to this. Like, your wife can, but not you. You know what I mean? Like, right. that would be weird. Like, I think that well, there... Well, and I would hope that, especially in certain circumstances, that husbands do, like, care about what their... Wives are listening wives to. Wives are listening to. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Because there's plenty of women out there saying crazy stuff to Christian yeah. women. Yeah. Women are being led astray all over the place. And so I think it's great if a guy is listening um, because he, you know, wants to know what his wife is listening to. He wants to know what Christian women are up to. I think these are all totally fine reasons. Right. Um, we don't really address men's issues and because we're not, it's just not something that we do. Right. And um, like when we when we pick topics we're not like 
Well, what about one for the men? One for the men. (laughs) No, that's not really. It tends to be like we do tend to focus on would this be encouraging to our audience? And I guess we kind of automatically think of that as women. But I don't think that really. No, we have guy listeners. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Tell my husband not to listen? Like, (laughs) you can't know what I'm saying. Like, this is. Just yeah. Women. <laughs> the truth is, women, we're speaking in a different frequency that only women can understand. <laughs> and so the men aren't actually, they're not, they think they are hearing what we're saying, but, but actually not. it's just a series of shrieking. They've and... actually never heard anything we're saying. <laughs> the pigeon people can't understand us either. Okay. Well, that was my last question. I have other questions we didn't get to, but I feel like we've been going on for a long time and I have yeah. some bad voicemail transcriptions. Okay. As I was making sure I farmed the voicemails that I wanted to farm, I came across some really cute, cute ones. Okay. Here's the first one. Cute, cute. It's cute, cute. Not just cute. They're cute, cute. These are cute, cute pigeon transcriptions. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The first one, like literally it just opened with, thank you for everything that you birth. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that you birth. We birthed the podcast. You birthed Georgia. (laughs) We're just birthing things because <laughs> we're women. Everything we do is birth. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for everything that you birth. Um, the next one started like this. Hi, guys. I'm calling from Louisiana, and I bet you don't even know what that is. <laughs> and I was like, no, I do know. We know. I know what Louisiana we know the is. <laughs> okay, here we go. Baton Rouge. Baton, yeah. New Orleans. L.A. Like L.A. Right. Is Louisiana. The, yeah. Uh-huh. Not Los Angeles. I could have sounded really dumb there. Okay. <laughs> L.A. Here's the next one. I have been reading what you guys are saying about your jazz club. And wow. Jazz. <laughs> we need to start a jazz club. Jazz. <laughs> wow. Jazz. jazz. <laughs> I love it. I died. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm going to get through. This one's going to be hard. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. This guy was telling me a joke, so I spit on him, and I never saw him again. (laughs) Okay, so I immediately listened to the voicemail. Right, like, okay, what is this really saying? Honestly, that was almost exactly what she said. (laughs) But she was calling to say, you know how um, when I take a drink, it makes the people around me funnier? Oh, yeah. Okay, so she was saying that... She had a similar okay. situation where she did something. He told her a joke and then she spit on him. And they had been dating for like three months or something. And after that, she never saw him again. <gasps> Can you believe oh, that? no. I know. I felt so bad. This is the same person. That sounds a little uptight. She also was... left us a hot tip to look up the rainbow eucalyptus, which oh, I, yes. I did. I Googled. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. Amazing. Thank you, yes. lady. That was an amazing voicemail. Uh, this guy told me a joke, so That's I hilarious. spit on him, That's and hilarious. I never saw him again. The, we discovered today that those are the best, the transcriptions that you think were wrong, but they actually <laughs> were right. They're actually right, yeah. Um, like that lady that called about the jazz club. The jazz club. I've been reading what you guys are saying about your jazz club, and wow. Jazz. jazz. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> jazz um all right here's the last one i have a rebellious attitude when people make me go to pe (laughs) 
To PE? To PE. Like physical education yes. class. To PE. I have a rebellious attitude when people make me go to PE. <laughs> I listen to I the voicemail. a lot of people probably feel that way. That is not even close to not what this, like, Not even close to what she said. Like it, it wasn't even, I listened to it multiple times and I was like, this is not, I have a rebellious attitude. <laughs> When people make me go to PE. And you know what? You're not alone. Jazz. 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 All right. Well, I don't have anything else for them this week. Do you? I don't either. Okay. Well, guys. Maybe we'll do more episodes like this. Yeah. Keep Um, leaving your voicemails. Um, Just know if you ask a question, we might answer it one day. Um, And if you want (laughs) a little shout out, just be clear that you are okay. Right. Because some people might not want other people to know that they're rebellious about physical <laughs> education. Rebellious. Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, check out the store at shopshelogens.com. Don't forget to join Book Club. We're starting to get on the 22nd. And that is it for this week. And we will see you next week. See ya.